meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 309 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode. Back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link for the last time to Moon Felt Malas, because at the end of this episode, I am announcing the giveaway winner for a beautiful, fabulous set of Moon Felt Malas, felted wool malas, and... If you are not the winner, but you're like, I really, really, really want a pair of those, don't forget to use the link on my blog or on Blog Talk Radio and put in Hippie Witch 10, no spaces, just Hippie Witch 10 to get $10 off, which I think is awesome. Thank you, Allison, for hooking us up like this. Having said that, welcome to the Saturn's Day Evening Post number 14 and... So we are trying to grow as people party. <laughs> Yay! We are trying to grow as people. It, and I have a confection. This is actually, did I say confection? I think I said confection. I have a confection to make. <laughs> Let me go see what's in the cupboard. I don't even have sugar. Uh, no, I have a confession to make. I'm recording this on Monday at 2.12 p.m. It's not Saturn's Day, but I have I have made a decision. I was just in the bath. Steam is still literally rising off my face. <laughs> and I watched the last two episodes of season three of love. And when I love, 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 love something as much as I love, love, I think about you guys. And then my next thought was, oh my God, I'm going to be out of town this Saturn's day. And, uh, and then my thought after that was, well, I said that I wasn't always going to do the Saturn's day evening post, but I really have things I want to talk about this week. And then my thought after that was, oh yeah. And I said, I would announce the giveaway winners. So this is a week of endings for me, pop culture endings, because I am almost done with Children of Blood and Bone. Tonight is the season finale. I'm so sad about this. I haven't talked a lot about it, but I've been so consumed by The Alienist. I've been watching it in real time on a real television set with commercials and everything. (laughs) It's so good. Every episode has been perfect. I absolutely love The Alienist, and I'm super sad that it's over. So it's the end of that, and it's the end of the uh, Wizarding World Book Club, the end of book six. We have one more book to go, and the final uh, chat about Dumbledore is this Friday. So I'm like, well, this is just going to be the season season of endings, and I'll just hop on here. And, and record little bits all through the week. So if there's a sound variance, that's why. Because this is Monday. I might come back on here tomorrow to tell you about The Alienist. Or maybe I'll do it tonight if I am so moved like I am right now about the season finale of Love. Season 3. And I think this is it. I think it's completely over. And it ended in the most beautiful, beautiful way. And... 
I, I, this is not a spoiler. If you've never seen a season of love, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you because that means you have three whole seasons to binge watch. And I really, really hope that you will. It is produced by Judd Apatow, who produced The Big Sick, which is awesome. I hope you saw The Big Sick. And Girls, which I happen to love. I know not everybody loves Lena Dunham, but I loved Girls and I cried when it was over. He directed Trainwreck, he directed This Is 40, he directed Knocked Up, he's famous for Freaks and Geeks, and if you think about what all these projects have in common, it's like this, the super awkward side of life, like feeling just like an awkward dork and extreme vulnerability. He has a knack for that. I'm, I love This Is 40. This Is 40 came out right when I was turning 40, so I saw it twice in the movie theater, and I'm so not sorry about that. It was really, really good. Um, And I love his wife, Leslie Mann, but he just has this knack for tapping into that part of you that feels so, like, such a doofus, right? And it's, and it's fun. I mean, he really pumps it up quite a few notches. (laughs) Um, And he's not, I think he directed one episode of Love, and then different directors came in, but they definitely kept continuity throughout the continuity of the awkwardness. And it was like pumped up at such a high level where you're just like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not you, but I love watching you screw up so badly. (laughs) I'm so glad this is happening to you and not me. And it definitely has the feeling of behind the scenes when you come to Hollywood and you are a so-called nobody, right? I'm not saying nobody, anybody's a nobody. We're all a somebody, but you know, being a nobody in Hollywood, you feel it, (laughs) you feel it. And it's just all the nobodies mingling together and bumping up against each other's lives and everybody wants to make it. Uh, But I don't think you have to give a crap about Hollywood to enjoy love because it's just, um, it's just what I said. It's about feeling vulnerable in your awkwardness. That That's what I would say. <laughs> and Paul Rust is the star. There's two stars, and I'm, I'm going to say love like 50,000 times, okay? Prepare yourself. I love, 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 love Jillian Jacobs, who I had never seen before. Holy crap, she is so good. What's shocking to me is when you're first introduced to her, she's like wearing a bathing suit with cut off jeans on top of it. Like, and just is just like a total burnout. <laughs> like just, just a burnout, like a, I don't give a fuck kind of person. And she's so convincing as that, that when I finally went to go look her up and see what her gig is, she's the exact opposite of that. So she's talented. She's gorgeous. And I'm in love with her. I'm also in love with Paul Rust because he is the king of horrible, horrible, horrible awkwardness. I think this might have been his brainchild because on all the episodes, there's three people credited as producer and he's always one of them. And um, super nerd, super, super nerd. And he plays that part so perfectly. And then I don't know the names of the other cast members, but they are awesome too. And um, this is not a spoiler alert or a spoiler. What am I saying? I don't need to give you a spoiler alert because this is not technically a spoiler. You can watch all three seasons and get to the end. 
And this is not going to ruin anything for you by me saying that it ends with them throwing a we are trying to grow as people party. And that made me think of all of you because we are trying to grow as people. We are trying to grow as people. I know I am. (laughs) Always, always. And I love that you guys are too. I really, I'm in the love space right now. I love you. I love you. Do you know that I love you? Because I love you. I love you. I love getting to come and talk to you every week like this. And I love that you love it. And I love that you tell me that you love it. Oh my God. This is one of the most fun, unexpected things I have ever done. Ever. Ever. I can't even believe what the Saturn's Day Evening Post is turned into you and it's only turned into a thing because of you all because you write to me saying I love it thank you and I'm like you do all right let's keep doing it so I hope you have Netflix (laughs) I guess not everything is for everybody I always feel shocked when I'm excited about something and of course this happens to me because in case you haven't noticed when I get excited about something I get super duper excited and I think everybody needs to know about it so this happens to me often that people will be like yeah I didn't like it or I didn't get it or it just wasn't for me and I'm like how how what I'm feeling, all the feels. Are you feeling nothing? I just, it's very hard for me to understand. But I was thinking, um, again, I was thinking in the bathtub about how we, this is very, very weird thought to have, but I had it. So I'm going to share it with you. It's, we have all this emphasis, right? On love relationships, like in the new age community or in the personal development community and how you shouldn't settle for less. You shouldn't settle for anything less than real love and somebody who respects you and someone who makes you feel good about yourself. And then we extend that message out into our friendships. Some of us even extend that out into our jobs, right? You should love your job, you know, because all jobs feel like a job some days, even doing an awesome podcast. Sometimes it's a job, right? <laughs> my in, my email inbox sometimes is like, holy crap, there's a lot of emails. So I have to get in the mood kind of thing. So every job feels like a job, but you should love it. You should love it because that's what gets you through the parts that get a little meh, you know? And uh, so I'm going to extend that out to... Include the books you read and the music you listen to and the movies you watch and all the fun pop culture things because, because we are super privileged. We live in the most privileged age ever when it comes to consuming entertainment. So if you're trying to suffer through a book that you don't love, why? Why? Your life is finite, right? Put the book down and pick one up that really like touches your soul that you care about. So when it's over, you want to go on a podcast and scream to a thousand people how awesome it is (laughs) and how sad and brokenhearted you are that it is over. And sometimes when I'm in between projects, uh, which I've talked about here before, I'm like, "Mm." It's like dating, you know, I'm like trying things on. I tried to watch Glow, but like, I don't think I cared about the characters. I I thought they were kind of assholes and also not even that. I just didn't care about them. (laughs) I gave up on them, but I tried. I really tried. And, uh, but when you find something that's so, that just grabs you and you actually start caring and you look forward to the next one and you can't wait, like 
that's love, right? <laughs> and we are, we're spoiled rotten. So why not just fully embrace the spoiled rottenness and lean into the privilege <laughs> and lean into the privilege of it, I say, right? So uh, it's funny too, when you think back in the day, People would like everybody talked about Mayberry because everybody was watching Mayberry together and uh, Leave It to Beaver and Happy Days. And, you know, like everybody's watching the same shows because there was hardly any choice. Before that, it was radio. People sat around and listened to their radios. <laughs> and uh, all in my life, I experienced that to some degree. We didn't have very many channels growing up and like the Cosby show was a big, big deal in my family and my parents' best friend at the time, that family would come over. So like two families of us would be in the living room every Thursday watching the Cosby show live because we did not have the capacity to record anything. So we watched it live and then we talked during the commercials and then when it came back on, we're like, shh, shh, it's back on, it's back on. You know, you try to run to the bathroom and go pee <laughs> before it comes back on. It was like that, right? And then I think, I guess in high school, this is kind of embarrassing to say, but in high school, I feel like every single kid at my school watched 90210 every week and we could like have those conversations. But now we definitely have some phenomenons, right? Like I can yell Harry Potter in, in a large group of people and there will be people that will be like, yes, yes, my friend. <laughs> Uh, there's that, right? Even now that it's long after and I'm still like, yay, Harry Potter, all the things. It's like some things are just tribal. But everybody pretty much watches Game of Thrones together that week and then, and then like puts things on their social media like, no spoilers, please. I can't watch it until I get home for work. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> get out of my feed. <laughs> um, but for the most part, it's not like that. It starts, we start like separating ourselves into these little tribes. It starts getting more specific and more tribal because we have all of these choices. And what's really interesting to me is that in some ways the world it it's getting more homogenized not in some ways geez in every way the world is getting more homogenized right it, it kind of is depressing when you're like dry go on a long road trip and every single town has the exact same restaurants and Starbucks and strip malls and mall malls and it's all like exactly the same design it's just extreme gentrification and corporate gentrification of everything and the whole world is going like this right but it's interesting I feel like humans are tribal by nature we can't help ourselves we separate ourselves into tribes and I feel like maybe that's not a bad thing right just to have people that understand you on that level. And uh, so I'm in the love tribe, I guess. I'm in a lot of different tribes. Maybe overall I'm in the nerd tribe. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, so this is the beginning of this episode, and I will be back here to talk about the other endings that I'm experiencing this week. It might just be all talking about pop culture. I think that's probably what this is going to end up being. So I hope you like Pop culture, I hope you like TVs and books, because TV shows and books, because that's that's what I'm feeling right now, all the endings of some really good TV shows and books. Okay, okay, it is 8.12 p.m., and I have just finished watching, I think, the finale for all time, but 
maybe if we're lucky, we'll get a second season. The finale of season one of the Alienist. Oh, shit. I just said shit like 50 times. Oh, shit. 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 I think that was my mantra through most of the Alienist. There were certain episodes of this show where do you ever do? Do you ever do this where you hold your hands over your face and you just look like I'm doing it right now while I'm talking to you? (laughs) You just look through like two fingers that are parted, you know, so you can just like close it if you have to. It, it was a horror show. To me, this was horror. It would probably be classified as a psychological thriller, but I would call it horror. It was a horror TV show because, I mean, it's about real monsters. It is about a serial killer uh, just before the 20th century began in New York. And, oh, God, it was stressful. And and why did I enjoy that? I don't know. <laughs> certain episodes I was just like coming out of my skin and squirming and swearing and like oh my god and I'd have to watch it when my son wasn't here because I definitely didn't want to see him to see it it's gruesome parts of it are are graphic and gruesome and it's about a serial killer of child prostitutes boys who dress as girls and are and are working on the streets of New York as prostitutes. So it's just heavy adult content. I think you can see it on TNT Live, like on Twitter the entire time this season has been running. They keep saying, catch up, binge watch before the finale. So the finale just happened, but I'm pretty sure TND wants your eyeballs. So if if you're interested in like a psychological horror... <laughs> It's really good. Uh, Luke Evans is hubba, 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 hubba good. (laughs) And Dakota Fanning, her performance is really interesting because she's so stoic in the beginning. You're like, I don't even know if I like her. But it's such a skillful performance because as as the season goes on, she starts to slowly, slowly, slowly unravel. And I actually read Caleb Carr's book, The Alienist, way back in the day when it first came out, like in the early 90s, mid 90s. And I literally cannot for the life of me tell if I just, if it's been so long, I forgot everything that happened or if the TV show took a lot of liberties and and changed things up because I had no idea what was happening. I was in suspense the entire time (laughs) And, and chewing my cuticles, which I haven't done in years. I broke that habit, but Watching this was just so heavy and intense and suspenseful. It is, it's a beautiful show. Like the cinematography and the sets and the costumes are gorgeous. And if you like period pieces, it, it's, it's, it's got that, it's got that going on. I think what I loved about it is, oh, I should have calmed down before I got on here because I feel a pressure on my chest. It was so intense. <laughs> so intense. Uh, But what I liked about it was I think one of the main themes was confronting your internal demons. Like most of the characters had these internal demons beyond the, the killer that they were trying to find. 
And that was a really interesting theme. I'm pretty sure the TV show took major liberties in putting some feminism woven throughout, like some feminist touches, and it ends on a feminist note. So I think that was just like a modern addition. I I definitely don't remember that in the books. I I... This is making me wonder about all the books I've read. Like, how much have I retained? Because in watching this show, I had no idea what was going to happen. And I'm like, my mind is like a sieve. Where did this go? I definitely read that book. Like, where did all this information information go? Uh, a couple of the lines. I don't think these are spoiler alerts. What is me saying spoiler alerts? I don't think these are spoilers. But a couple of the lines they ended with was... They were interesting to me and I and memorable. One was the main, the alienist. Let me repeat what an alienist is, actually, before I tell you this. This is how they started every episode. And I read it here the first time I saw it. But in case you missed that, or just to refresh your memory, I will read it to you again. In the 19th century, persons suffering from mental illness were thought to be alienated from their own true natures. Experts who studied them were therefore known as alienists. So one of the main characters is an alienist, thus the show called The Alienist. And uh, one of his last lines was, we set out to find a monster and all we found was a wounded child. And I think we ended up getting to see the wounded child in all of them. It was just, oh, it was so good. It was so good. And then they're like standing around questioning things at the end too and 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 talking about the search to find what compels a man to do evil. And then Dakota Fanning adds like, and to do good. Like what compels us to do evil and what compels us to do good? And are we any closer to having answers to these questions today? I think not. I, I have tried to approach... The idea of what evil is, like here and there very lightly, but I have no idea. I think there's, I think there is trauma that happens to us that creates abhorrent behavior and cuts us off from our own souls. And so we end up perpetuating trauma onto other people and we, we create this lineage of hell here on earth. But then I get really confused about what evil is when you hear about people that are, is it sociopaths where they're like literally born that way and they just, they don't feel, they don't feel anything. I was reading, it was an article about writing recently and this writer, I think it might've been in Writer's Digest and he was talking about going to prisons Maybe and talking, uh, I'm like fuzzy on the details. I put too much information in. It stands to reason that some would like squeeze out between the cracks a little bit. <laughs> um, but he was talking about going to prisons and talking to people, trying to understand their crimes because he wanted to write realistic characters. And he asked this guy who tortured people and, and killed them, why he did it like what would he feel when he was doing it and and the guy just answered like in a very kind of cool way that he got off on it he liked it it turned him on and and was just very matter of fact about it and um that's so weird to me just it's inconceivable to us I guess that's why evil is so 
frightening. I can wrap my head around like these shadow demons that get passed on from like trauma to trauma to trauma to trauma and people who are traumatized traumatize other people but then there's people that make the choice to stop the chain and and not everybody who is abused let's say when as a child goes on to become a child abuser thank god and so this show really brings up thoughts about that like what is evil and why and ah uh definitely like a psychological mind bender if you want to go there if you like to think about that kind of stuff and then how cool is this literally less than five minutes after recording the first part here where i was talking about uh love and then talking about the show love and then about how uh, it seems like years ago. It was just. It was just this afternoon. <laughs> it was just hours ago. <laughs> Talking about, uh, you know, having that like love feeling about a TV show where you like care so much about the characters. Less than five minutes after talking about that, I popped onto Twitter. I have many different lists on Twitter. That's how I use Twitter. So instead of going into my main feed, I can just kind of pop in and see like what I'm interested in. So I have lists that is, are witches, lists that are astrologers, which that is lists that are psychology, lists that are authors. And one of my lists is Potterheads. So I went to go see the Potterheads list and somebody shared um, a link to this story. It, it was like, are there any fans out there of This Is Us? Jennifer Barnes, Dr. Jennifer Barnes recently talked about the relationships that we form with fictional characters. And it, it was this interview on TV Guide. And so I cut and pasted chunks of it to read to you because it's just so perfect for this episode. I was like, hey, now. <laughs> That's weird. It's like the universe was echoing back to me. I was just thinking that. And then like, poof. It was like the algorithm of life. <laughs> it was like this right here, this. And and just it was a confirmation. This is a human experience we have when we just get so attached to these characters. So some of the things that Dr. Barnes said in this article, uh, I'm going to read to you. One is... There is a psychological term for the connections we form with fictional characters and celebrities, parasocial relationships, meaning relationships that are in essence imaginary because they go, they only go in one direction. And uh, yeah, that's why I have a relationship with Oprah and J.K. Rowling and Jack White. <laughs> I have a parasocial relationship with them. Uh, And then the article goes on to say, the unconscious act of forming these parasocial relationships, regardless of the impacts they have on our emotional states, has psychological benefits for people. So it's a good thing. You're not crazy. You're totally normal. And it's beneficial. Research shows that having Fictional friends, and that's in quotes, fictional friends can actually boost self-esteem in individuals who aren't getting what they need from real relationships. In another study, people also demonstrated better, this is so cool, this is such a witchy thing, this is a reason to have your vision boards, or to have like your silly like prayer candles with your favorite, Uh, they're not silly, forgive me. Because I do this, and I love it. I think it's powerful magic, but I know from the outside looking in, it can it can look silly. The prayer candles where you have like your favorite pop culture figures on them, 
there's something to that, right? So they say, uh, where am I? In another study, people also demonstrated better cognitive performance in a room where photos of their favorite celebrities and fictional characters were hung. Our ability to form these connections in the first place is rooted in a philosophical concept known as a leaf. So think of the word belief, but a A instead of the B-E. A leaf. First produced by Tamara Gendler, a professor of cognitive science and philosophy at Yale, the notion suggests that a leafs are a psychological phenomenon by which a person holds attitudes or feelings that often go against what they intellectually know to be true. Barnes ties the idea to our reactions to fictional events thusly. You might believe fictional characters are fictional. You believe they are fictional, but you believe and kind of feel like they're real. If someone asked you, is that person real? You would say, no, I know they're not real, but I totally feel like they are. And so it could be that because of this belief, gut level impulse we have that fictional characters are real, even though we know they're not, we have this closeness and is and it's driving this attachment that we feel. So even on an even deeper level, the pleasure derived from crying, for example, at a TV show is also related to humans' meta-emotions or feelings about our feelings. <laughs> I have feelings about my feelings. What about you? <laughs> let's talk about our feelings and then let's talk about our feelings about our feelings. How do you feel about that? Our feelings toward fictional characters are oftentimes much less complicated than our feelings toward people in our actual lives, in part because the direct impact fictional developments have on us is minimal, blah, 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 blah. I am going to create some little show notes for this episode uh, because, because, because I'm going to take the time to, to link to the shows that I've mentioned and definitely this article uh, because... How can I read from it and quote from it without like not only giving credit where credit is due, but letting you read the whole thing for yourself? Because it's super duper interesting. It's interesting. And it's interesting, too, going back to the alienist. This is the feeling I got with The Nick when I watched The Nick. If you have HBO Go, holy cow, watch The Nick. Same thing about The Alienist, I would say about The Nick. It's gruesome. It's hardcore. It's super duper adult. And it's a beautiful, like visually beautiful. I, the Nick, I guess, is even better because it's HBO, but I would put them in the same class together. They're, they they go together in my mind somehow. Really, really good stuff. But I had similar thoughts of like, wow, like they knew nothing back then. And we're probably going to look back on this time and be like, we know nothing. <laughs> we know nothing. I'm currently reading... What is the medical medium's name? I've really just kind of avoided him because it just, I don't know. I don't know. As he was rising to fame, I just, sometimes woo-woo stuff, even though I love to have people, woo-woo people come on the show and and I love to explore woo-woo things. And I had a major woo-woo like renaissance, you know, years and years of my life when I was into all of that stuff. Sometimes it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. So I was like, I'm not into the medical medium. Anthony, is that his name? But this book came up on the thyroid. His newest book is Thyroid. Where is it? Let's see. It's here. Medical Medium. Thyroid Healing. The Truth 
behind Hashimoto's, blah, 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 blah. It's fascinating because he's talking about how behind the medical uh, establishment is on thyroid issues and which are in there. I mean, people are having our thyroids are breaking down at an epidemic rate and it's it's crazy. And I know so many people that are having these issues and just all different kinds of autoimmune conditions. And he's saying it's actually a virus and science will be talking about this years from now and I'm here to tell you right now it's a virus and and medical science is wrong and it it just watching the alienist and watching I'll link to that book too I'll I'll, let me let me put a note here link to thyroid that'll be enough for me to remember (laughs) uh you know you watch some of the practices that happen in the nick which is about like physical like surgery the birth of of surgery basically uh, and you think, God, how barbaric, how barbaric were they? Like the crazy things that we did to people, the cruel things that we did to people. And then you see a show like The Alienist, and they have this term like The Alienist that we don't even use now at all because I don't know how long ago that was debunked or dismissed as not being accurate, but it was. And if you read like old psychology books, they look so outdated, you know, like terminology we don't use anymore or old ideas that we had. Ah, crud. I got cut off somewhere there. So I'm going to try. This is Friday, Friday morning that I'm recording this final piece and then I'll put it all together tomorrow and post it for you. So this is a patchwork episode of Hippie Witch. I think where I left off, I was talking about Anthony Williams, the medical medium's book on healing the thyroid, how he was talking in that book about uh, how in the future, not even so many years from now, just a few years from now, we're going to look back on our understanding of the thyroid and kind of laugh at ourselves. Maybe not if if we've been dealing with modern, current, the current protocol for healing thyroid disorders, it's usually just managing them. It's not healing them. It's managing them. And he was saying it's a virus and medicine doesn't acknowledge that, but that's what it is. Uh, So yeah. And I was expanding on that to say, it's interesting to take a moment to look at all of the different practices and healing protocols and the different things that we're doing today and acknowledge like this is just at our current level of understanding and maybe to project into the future 50 to 100 years to be like what will this look like then you know this could look I know we're gonna look at our factory farming and be like that was some barbaric shit right there what the hell why (laughs) why so (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about there. I, and now it's Friday and I have to split town with the kid for Easter weekend. So I'm going to wrap this up uh, as soon as I can. But there is more I wanted to talk about with that with the thyroid book because I've read a little bit about it. Uh, and then I have a giveaway to do, which I'll, I'm going to give away. I'm going to announce the winner of the Moonfelt Mala's giveaway at the end of this. So stay tuned if you entered that contest. Uh, So Anthony Williams is the medical medium, and I did not mean to say that that I think he is he is not legit or that 
I look down on anything woo-woo at all. I did not mean to imply that all things that are woo-woo are BS, so I apologize if I gave that impression. I do believe in mediums and channeled information because I myself have spent a lot of time channeling and I've had that experience to go on. It's just that my online bubble is super packed with the woo-woo. So it's, uh, you know, like astrologers and crystal healers and Reiki masters and angel therapists and all the people you probably love. I'm subscribed to the Hay House newsletter. So it's just like a constant barrage of look at this. What about this book? What about this program? And I just, it falls on deaf ears after a while. Uh, Sometimes I get woo-woo fatigue. And those messages just don't excite me anymore like they used to. It's like the law of diminishing returns. And so when Anthony Williams was coming up, I was aware because, you know, Goop had, has featured him quite a few times. And I really actually, I like, I'm goopy. I'm one of those witches that like goop. I know a lot of people don't. I do. But I, I saw his name. I just didn't care. It just didn't grab me. It wasn't like, yay, another thing. I I, I, had, I had enough things going on at the time as he was making his rise to fame. But this book just really grabbed my attention eventually. So I feel I was meant to read it. And I really like his work. And um I think what I'm I, besides that with all the woo woo stuff too I'm 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 interested in a specific kind of like magic and healing I guess is a good way to say it too with like a lot of the woo woo stuff so it's like a certain I'm really into the health of the body and how food and herbs impacts that. I'm, and then you know I'm super into personal development and a psycho-spiritual approach to magic. So that's the stuff I tend to gravitate toward. Um, but I, I do think, I think medical mediumship or medical in, intuition is really interesting. And uh, Edgar Cayce was the, the medical medium back in the day. And he shared a lot of channeled information about food and methods of healing uh, in the name of Jesus, mostly, that was like his filter that this channeled information came through. Uh, but so to make a long story short, I'm finally on board with the medical medium train. <laughs> it's just taken me. There's a lot of pauses there and trying to figure out how to pick up where I left up on Monday. But like a whole week has gone by between that there and here, and I'm in a different mindset. So please forgive however disjointed this was. All I was trying to say is I'm on board with the medical medium. I think he has some really interesting information to share. And this book just happened happened to grab me. Uh, and I got the Kindle edition and started reading. Uh, so I will include again all of this. I'm making show notes this time for you all. And I know it bugs some of you that I don't do show notes, but this time I will. In addition to that, this feels very thematic to me this week because I got a, a newsletter. I guess I'm also subscribed to Sounds True. I don't know. I'm subscribed to so many things. And I usually just delete, 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 delete unless the headline totally grabs me. And Sounds True is currently running a free video series called The Science of Medical Intuition, How to Learn and Apply Medical Intuition in Your Life. And I was like, oh, how funny, because I don't really know 
how I ended up on the medical medium train this particular week, but it seemed like a double hit from the universe because they both just kind of grabbed me. I wasn't looking for the information. It just felt like I need to pay attention to this right now. So this Sounds True video series is done by Carolyn Mace, which I've talked about plenty here. You guys, I'm sure most of you know who Carolyn Mace is. Carolyn Mace and Norm Sheely are doing this video series together. The Science of Medical Intuition, How to Learn and Apply Medical Intuition in Your Life. I've only seen the first video, and it it's worth signing up for by itself. It is excellent, all caps, excellent, really valuable information. And I have no idea how long this will be available, but I'll definitely put a link in the show notes for those of you who want to check it out. Uh, it's so, this, it too, this series is so powerful coming off the last episode I posted here this week on uh, spring queening your body and your home. Remember I was saying the soul expresses itself through your body and your body is a, your body is a messenger and a friend. One of my favorite lines, something really jumped out at me from uh, thyroid healing, that book is your body is not Your body has not let you down. Thyroid symptoms and illness are not your body rebelling against you. It would never betray you. All your body does is work day and night to support you because your body loves you unconditionally. Yes, that is the the main piece that really has jumped out for me so far reading reading this book on, on thyroid healing and one of the promotional little tags in this video series with Carolyn Mace was, do you feel memories residing in your body? Do you want to learn how to tune into your body? You know, what is medical intuition and how can it help you? But the body stuff, right, is like really coming through this week. And it's something I talk about from time to time because I truly, truly believe this. And I remember when I first started listening to the messages of my body and how emotionally moving that was to realize that, what I just read to you is true, that the body is, the body loves you and is trying to help you and tell you things for your own survival and healing and, and, and whatnot. There's a book I often recommend by Denise Lynn called Unlocking the Secret Messages of Your Body. That book is rad. It's like a little course that you can go through just to get in touch with your body and to start to unlock the secret messages of your body. <laughs> And when I was when I was watching this first video for this video series, um, it was all Carolyn Mace in the first video talking about the body, the messages of the body. You just have to listen to what she has to say. Okay, don't listen to me. Go watch the damn video because it's awesome. It's really great information. But I, it was making me think. This is how I perceive mediums that are like on TV that talk to people about their dead loved ones and give them messages from their dead loved ones. I don't know if that's what's really happening. It's something I question. It totally could be. I accept that in the realm of possibilities. I could go see a medium and the medium could give me messages from a dead loved one. I think that that's plausible and possible. But from what I've seen from mediums like Teresa Caputo or the Hollywood medium, I forget that kid's name, the blonde kid on E-Network, when they're doing readings for people, 
it seems like they're picking up on the memories that people carry because everything that they tell the person that they're reading is something the person already knows. It's not information that they don't know. So I've always like the the bratty part of me is like, oh, what I'd like to see is for them to be like, Grandpa says under the floorboard, there's a shoe box. Inside the shoe box is a jewelry box. Open the jewelry box and there will be a medallion from World War II. And have the person have no idea what they're talking about. Go lift up the floorboard, open the box, open the box, then find the medallion. Then I'd be like, oh my God, they're talking to the men. (laughs) But I haven't seen that happen yet. You tell me if you have seen that before, because that would definitely, definitely interest me. But But having said that, I don't think the work that the Hollywood medium or Teresa Caputo or people like that. I don't think that they're scam artists. I think that they are absolutely sincere. But what I see them doing is saying things like, okay, I'm, I'm getting yellow ribbons. And when spirit shows me yellow ribbons, what it signifies is this, or I'm getting the feeling a pain in the chest. I'm getting a feeling of pain in the chest, which is my, which is a sign to me that the person had some lung issues. They say things like that. Right. And it feels very much to me, like they're reading these memories and experiences that are lodged in the body. So I was really just listening to Carolyn Mason and and revisiting this judgment that I have. (laughs) Uh, But what I think, I, I, I do believe that people like Teresa Caputo and the Hollywood medium are utterly sincere. And I believe the emotional reaction that, that the people they're reading are having. I often cry with them. I cry with them. Uh, but if it is happening from my perspective and, Um, If they're not channeling information from their dead loved ones, it's still valuable work that they're doing because what's happening is the people they're reading are being witnessed and they're being acknowledged at the deepest levels of pain and love. And that is extraordinarily healing. So I am not, I'm not talking smack about what they do. I think it's incredible and absolutely valuable. Having said that, I'm going to radically change the subject right now because I got to run. I lied. I lied to you. (laughs) Unintentionally. (laughs) Very unintentionally. Uh, I thought I would finish Children of Blood and Bone and then I would be back here today with a book report for you, but something magical happened. This is a good problem to have when you are a writer. I read fiction late at night. It's how I go to bed. So, you know, all this medical medium and stuff. When I'm, I I love to read nonfiction in the day, like when I'm eating my lunch or if I'm still just waking up in the morning with my coffee. It's, it's, it feels like studying. It's a passion of mine. I love to learn about psychology, magic, healing, all that stuff. But I reserve, but I underline, I underline like a mad person and I take notes and stuff when I'm doing that. When I read fiction, I just want to lay there in this sort of like half asleep, half awake state, uh, just like zoning out at a book, right? And that's how I go to bed. That's why I'm a slow fiction reader because I often just pass out after like a a chapter or even a few pages if I'm really tired. (laughs) Uh, and I like doing that. Well, what happened this week is every time I went to lay down, 
to read Children of Blood and Bone, I had all these ideas about about my book and my fictional world that I've been creating. And I'm very superstitious about this stuff as a writer. I believe if you have an idea, if if the words are flowing, you better capture them because they can go. They can leave. You need to capture them and you need to honor the muse. When she shows up, you show up to meet her. So And I had energy to go with it, too. It would be bedtime, but instead of reading fiction, I sat there scribbling, scribbling, scribbling in this notebook and having a fantastic time. So all I can tell you about Children and Blown at this point is everything I've already said. It's action-packed and extraordinarily magic. It's all about bringing the magic back after the magic has been stolen. And it's definitely a book that everybody can enjoy. It's not the, the main protagonists are teenagers, but uh, I, and it's billed as young adults, but I think if you enjoy action adventure and you enjoy magic, you might really, really love this too. So all that, all that is to say to you, now I have to let you go. But before I can let you go, I want to tell you the winner of Moon Felt Mala's giveaway, the prayer beads, the felted wool prayer beads by Moon Felt Malas. Don't forget, we have a discount code, hippiewitch10. When you put that in at checkout with no spaces, you get $10 off. And again, please, this is the best birthday present for somebody who's super woo-woo or into meditation or magic. It's They're a little bit pricey. They're over $100 for a pair. So that's partly what made this such a kick-ass uh, giveaway, but they're they're worth it. They're they're worth the money. They they are. You get what you pay for with these. They're it's a it's a special treat. I think, and, and I think that's why it's one of those gifts that you could give somebody that would just like blow their mind. So, having said that, I hope I hope that that the name that was selected by the mysteries of the universe as the winner of this contest. I hope this blows her mind. The winner is Queen Scorpio 83 on Twitter. And I am so happy that it's a queen and a Scorpio, (laughs) Scorpio queen, because I have a Scorpio moon and a special place in my heart for Scorpios. And of course I'm doing the queen. (laughs) The queen program is launching on the 15th. So I was like, of course a queen won this. Of course she did. So I will hit you up on Twitter and let you know. And, and I will let Allison the wonderful, generous woman who made this possible, let her know that you are the winner. So I'll hook you two up so you can give her your address and she can send you your new prayer beads. They're so pretty. Please let me know which ones that you pick because you get to pick whichever one you want. And uh, if you don't want to send me a picture of yourself with them, which I would totally love, uh, if you don't want to share that publicly, that's cool. That's cool. But just maybe at least tell me the name of the ones that you that you picked just out of curiosity. I would love to know. So uh, also I asked my friend Molly if she would send me a song. She has a new record coming out with her band Tiger Night. And I haven't gotten that yet. So if there's a song that plays after I say much love, peace, you know she sent it to me before I edited this thing together. If not, I'll put it up next week and that will be totally fine because her album's not out yet. But Molly Roberts, I've had here on the show 
Uh, I've interviewed her a couple times, maybe three times in video and here on the podcast. I don't know, a couple of times. But she's someone who I really love, and she's she's a witch, but she's also a rock star. She's in a band with her husband and I think two other guys, and it's like very glam rock and fun. And Molly's just so creative, period. She's an art witch, and this is really, I think, an extension of this. And... Uh, and so everything she does is like glitter and color and, and the way she performs is so kick-ass and she's got this awesome gravelly voice and it's uh, the project of the whole band, Tiger Night. It's not only about Molly, but to me it's about Molly because Molly's my friend and I love her. So <laughs> I hope you all, if you celebrate Easter, I hope you have an awesome Easter weekend with your family and until we meet again, much love to you. Peace. Hold up, which is don't leave just yet. I just got the track from Molly. Uh, it's called A Little Blood, and no one outside the band has heard this yet, which means it's the world premiere right here on Hippie Witch. It is a song from their new record, Sublunary, which is coming out May 15th. Tiger Night, check it out! Yay! On the long side of forever Lie two halves and new creature all together Like a royalty at the Christmas party High on alchemy There's something off about us Expensive, rare, and glorious Your curse is a halo hanging out It's what I like about you Change in me when it comes to the strange in me. I can feel the strange. 